Let's Talk. I was reading in Acts this week and started wondering what it would have been like to be sitting with the risen Jesus, listening to him teach about the kingdom of God as we ate a meal together. Would I have understood what he meant when he said, don't leave until the Father sends the gift he promised? John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Would I have just overlooked what he had just said and asked, Hey Lord, has the time come for you to come free Israel and restore our kingdom? Completely missing the point. Then Jesus politely redirecting my focus on the important thing. No, listen, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Then I started to think about what does it mean to be his witnesses? In chapter 2, we see the Holy Spirit came, and Peter has an aha moment that turns into this first gospel message preached. Immediately, 3,000 people were baptized and added to the believers' numbers. How does the church bear witness to Jesus? The first answer is verbally telling or retelling the gospel, and when it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's effective. Now, this account says 3,000. That's not what I mean by effective. The number doesn't matter as much as the supernatural ability for God to reach a person and radically change them by believing a message. Then immediately adopting a new way of life. And in Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing of meals, and to the prayers. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Yes, the Holy Spirit empowers us to verbally witness, but these believers were empowered by the message to adopt a whole new way of life. They are being witnesses by the things that they are doing and what they now have in common. And these believers are being transformed together and sharing a common life together. They are witnesses by being faithful to living out the story of the gospel. What marks this community and makes them different? It's what they were devoted to. A community that meets together is not unique, but one who meets together centered around a risen savior is different. They were marked by a new set of habits, rhythms, and routines that was generated by the message of the gospel. Now we use the word devotional as a small time each morning to individually focus on a Bible reading and pray before our day starts. But the habits they were devoted to was a whole new lifestyle. You can tell a lot about what people value by looking at their habits. And let's take a look at theirs. Number one, we see that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Every day they would continue to meet in the temple courts but not just in those large gatherings, also in small gatherings in their homes. And the apostles' teaching was a retelling of the gospel, 
a teaching that helps explore the implications of the gospel into our lives. A new world creating event. We all come into this Christian life with a vision or point of view that we thought it was about. But the gospel is changing that. It creates a different story for our lives. It rocks our identities and begins to change our views on everything from money to sex to marriage. It takes a lifetime to retrain our minds. So we are always looking back to the apostles teaching and learning. And if I'm growing as a Christian, I'm constantly evaluating and, and recentering my faith on a core set of values and habits. Number two, they were devoted to fellowship. Koinonia, a commitment to sharing your life, time, energy, and stuff. They are willing to share their lives because of the foundational teaching that Jesus is this perpetual, self-giving, life-giving, eternal being that gave it all for us. Therefore, they have this in common and are empowered to give selflessly through the Holy Spirit. Number three, a commitment to being together, eating together, inviting and opening up our homes and tables to the Lord's Supper, creating relational connections. And number four, devoting themselves to the prayers. For them, this would have been a time of worship and prayer, reciting the Shema, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, but also focusing on the Psalms. And they were always humbling themselves together before God, all the while doing it in a response to worshiping Jesus. And by devoting themselves to these habits centered around Jesus, the Lord was adding to their numbers. If this is what it looks like to be the church, I want that. I desire that kind of passion as we devote ourselves to a living Jesus, who is, in fact, with us today as we gather. And he is empowering us, too, to be his witnesses. Church family, how are we doing, and what can we learn from them? Let's pray. Father, we humbly bow our heads before you. May we be devoted to you, Jesus, in these same ways as a church. Help and empower us by your Holy Spirit to be your witnesses. Thank you for your transforming power inside of us. You alone deserve our worship. And may we be a passionate church set on fire for you because of the gospel. Nothing is impossible with you, God. And as we make you the center of our gathering, may you do miracles, signs, and wonders in our midst, drawing people to believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen.